Put the gun down. I saw you with the box. Who was in the box? Because I envy your normal life. Put the gun down, David. It seems that envy is my son. No, what's in the box? Not until you give me the what's gun. What's in the f***ing box? Give me the gun. He just told you. You lied! You tell me, you tell me. That's not true. That's not true. Become vengeance, David. Ah, oh, she's all right. You tell me. Become wrath. Tell me she's all right! Searching for the unusual, the obscure, the forgotten treasures hidden deep within streaming media. This is the Deep Dive Podcast. Plane in the sun! Get below! Look out! Get below! Dive the boat! Dive the boat! Take it down to 150 feet, steer course 090. Continue to dive. Hello, lovers. I mean, divers. <laughs> That's right. Welcome. <sighs> To the Valentine's Day episode of the Deep Dive Podcast. Oh, love. It's so awesome. Oh, it's so terrible. Yeah. Uh, what are we doing here? Sometimes I wonder that myself. <laughs> but typically speaking, we're on a quest to find the best and sometimes worst content hiding in your streaming media libraries. I'm Tom Feeney, writer for Wang's Top Movie Magazine. New issue available now on Amazon.com. It really is. I've seen it too. See? Yep. There's proof. I have witnesses. <laughs> oh, me. I'm a witness. You're a witness. And you are? The Mandalorian. Yay. That's me. I've been here the whole time. You have been here the whole time. I haven't been paid yet. And um, yeah. about that. So you know that intro you just played? Yes. It's from Seven. Yes. Good, fantastic movie. And he's like, oh. what's in the box? What I want to do, and I'll probably do it probably on Valentine's Day, is call up like a Pizza Hut or like a Domino's and order one of their like, you know, in the box specials and when when they say what kind of box do you want what's in the box why i mean i i get that seven is a very bleak movie and i get that it's you know it's grisly and gruesome but why hasn't somebody done a commercial like this also like why is the only line from that movie that's memorable what's in the box yeah do you know what's in the box her chicken wings head oh oh no wait know. what never mind yeah, yeah. with the movie anyways yeah. It's going to be that kind of special. Oh, I, I can <laughs> hardly wait because it's Valentine's Day. Totally not a commercial holiday at all. No, it's the anniversary of a horrible Chicago gangland massacre <sighs> where you're obligated to buy expensive roses that will shortly wither and die just like all do love does eventually. <sighs> Sponsored by our spouses. Are you still listening, people? <laughs> Good. Now that we've weeded out the romantics, let's get on with it. Yep. Today's topic, un- Happy endings. There's no law that says movies or TV shows must have a happy or even satisfying ending. It's a huge risk for a project to take. If you think Looking about at it. you, M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Because you do risk alienating the audience that has invested in your characters and are looking for a proper resolution. But as in life, sometimes that happy ending isn't there. That's especially disappointing at a massage parlor. Uh... <laughs> Like Titanic. I totally yeah. thought they were going to get saved. Ah, uh, oof. I know, And right? there was so much room on that plank of wood. That's absolutely true. They even talked about that on a recent episode of... Uh, well, not just that, but a, a, a sitcom called School that takes place in the 90s. Oh, okay. They did an experiment in an aquarium. <laughs> Put a little wooden plank. There's plenty of room on there. Oh. 
actually, if you're interested in that, the Disney Plus channel has a Smithsonian uh, side of it, the Discovery Channel, maybe it is, where they talk about uh, like a bunch of stuff. But James Cameron hosts a documentary about Titanic, and he specifically addresses that. Is that the one where he says that those things in Avatar were real? Mm, don't know. All right, then. What's Avatar? Yeah, yeah, that's what everybody says. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there are a lot of movies that are known for their somber, even disturbing endings. We mm-hmm. talked about Seven, mm-hmm. uh, the classic Chinatown. Village. Even, yeah, even The Empire Strikes Back, if you think about it, had kind of a downbeat ending. Actually, yeah. It did. Yeah, yeah, I never thought of that, but yeah. It's true. It also goes for a lot of popular TV series like The Shield, Breaking Bad, The Sopranos. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. so disappointing endings are always the worst too yes because they carry over you 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 know you when you see movies that like end happily like oh cool it's lovely i feel great for like five minutes but then when something doesn't end the way you expect it to you're left days after like wondering and in strife why did they do that to me exactly yeah and then you're like oh it's just a it's just a show like doogie hauser oh how did that how did that end (laughs) you know he grew up oh yeah oh, oh okay yeah. Anyways. So anyway, uh, <laughs> we want you to sit back. Yep. Relax. Grab some chocolate and red wine. <laughs> All right. You good. Has All to right. be red wine. And we're gonna do this. So shall I go first? Yeah. Why not? Excellent. That's my Valentine's gift to you. Oh, and I didn't get you anything. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Whatever. My first pick <laughs> is a, a film that kind of came and went quickly when it was released in the theaters. And it's kind of been somewhat, I think, forgotten. Um, it's a film that really does deserve a closer look. Endgame. Yeah, no, not <laughs> Endgame. Uh, my first pick is a um, the movie Frailty. Oh, yeah. Have you seen this? Yes, I have. And, of course, it's uh, it stars Matthew McConaughey. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, it, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Uh, it was directed by the late, great Bill Paxton. Oh, rest in peace. Who also starred in the film. Love him. Now, Frailty was released only two months after the events of 9-11. Yeah. And, yeah, and its relentlessly downbeat tone may have turned people off at a time when the entire nation was kind of going through a collective state of shock. So <sighs> yeah. I'm kind of, you know, it's not surprising that mm-hmm. it didn't do well. Mm-hmm. I don't think most people were kind of in the mood to go see a kind of a grim film. Yeah. But uh, McConaughey actually plays a man named Fenton Meeks. Uh, he shows up at the office of an FBI agent played by the also late great Powers Booth. Uh, Meeks claims to know the identity of the notorious God's Hand serial killer, his own brother. Hmm. Now, the movie is mostly a flashback of Fenton and his brother Adam's life being raised by their father, who was Bill Paxton's character. Mm. The dad believes that he can see demons in human form and is tasked by God to destroy them. One of those kind of guys. Yeah, yeah. Now, the brother, Adam, believed his father, but Fenton did not. You the agent in charge of the case? That's right. What can I do for you? I'm here because I can't live with what I know anymore. Listen, this may sound a little bit crazy, but I know who the God's Hand killer is. What makes you think that? He hadn't even heard me out yet, and already you doubt me. They were raised to obey their father. Otis is home. To love him. To trust him. Night, boys. Sleep tight. Don't let those bed bugs bite. Until. Wake up. I've got something to tell you. Hey, what's wrong? There are demons among us. I can see the demons. 
while other people can. I'm scared, Dad. Nothing that crazy could be real. The angel told me that God would be sending weapons. Maybe you just dreamed it. Maybe you're not right in the head. God will be sending a list of the first seven demons. These are people's names. And they'll look like people. They're not. Dad made up this whole thing. Do you understand? Well, if it has to be done, it has to be done. Well, game over, man. Game over. <laughs> That's definitely not Twister. No, it is not. This is a, this is a good movie. Uh, oh, take that back. Twister's uh, awesome. Okay, okay. I'll take it back. <laughs> it's uh, it's so funny and 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 like this is kind of a running inside joke in our house. Uh, there are two movies that if they are on television at any time <laughs> that they will will turn it on and let it let it play. Right. Twister is one of those movies. Mm-hmm. The other, The Shining. No. <laughs> San Andreas with The Rock. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> now, these are my wife's picks, okay? I was not say, mine. I think that's a Mrs. Feeding. That, yeah, that's her. It is not me. But being the uh, wonderful husband that I am, I don't say anything about it because, you know, I want to keep living. Uh, yeah. Now, Frailty has some really great performances. This is, you know, this is an intense, intense movie. It has more twists than my large intestine. <laughs> uh, it's not a flashy movie. It's It's got a very gritty feel to it that mm. matches the subject matter. Uh, and uh, Bill Paxton, he yeah. directed it. Bill Paxton's awesome. I mean, he obviously learned a lot from being in films like Titanic and Twister. And, and by that, I mean how not to direct films. Wait, he was in Titanic? Um, yeah. Remember, he was the, the, sci- the science guy in the beginning <gasps> and the end. Oh, yeah. He yeah. had that really weird hair, like the bleach yeah, blonde hair. Yeah, yep, got it. Yeah, yeah. Wow, how easily they forget. It's been 84 years. Uh, and I'm going to drop this in the ocean. <laughs> what? That thing's worth millions of dollars. This literally is, that's an unhappy ending right there. Because why the heck would you drop that in the ocean? Yeah. Like, I get the whole concept. I mean, but that was the Hope Diamond. Yeah. Yeah. So. Hope always dies. Anyway, that's the, what should you take away from Titanic? Yeah. <laughs> that can be another episode. Yeah. Bye, Jack. <sighs> Sorry, Jack. Uh, I need some extra room on this plank and this door here. You yeah, know, this I, entire, I, like, yeah. For my luggage. Um, sorry. <sighs> yeah. But what's nice is that Paxton also gives a really good performance here. Yeah. Uh, you know, you never really know for sure when you're watching the movie if he really does see demons Ooh. or is just really disturbed. He really believes what he is doing is God's will, and that's what makes him really scary. Yeah. Even scarier is the possibility that he might actually be right. Oh, man. And they keep you going throughout the whole movie, and, and you never, never know until the very end like what what's really going on. And was he right? I don't want to spoil it. Okay. But you have to see it because there there are a few twists at the end mm-hmm. that will like one comes right after the other and you're like oh my goodness uh, and it's really cool. Um, I will admit that this particular movie is not for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and as the topic of the episode here states, it does not have the most upbeat of of endings to it. Right. Um, Having said that, though, it's it's a taut and at times disturbing thriller mm-hmm. um, that really will have you guessing up until the very, very end. 
Uh, so if you get the chance to see Frailty, and it's one of those things where if you if you heard the title, it has really not not anything to do with the right, actual right. plot itself. Uh, but if you get the chance to check it out, I highly highly recommend it. Um, the scores. Uh, it gets a 7.1 out of 10 on mm. Internet Movie Database and a 75% on Rotten Tomatoes. Not bad. Which is not bad. Uh, if you subscribe to Stars, you can get it for free. Yeah. Uh, but you can also rent it on most streaming platforms for about $3.99. So Frailty, my first pick. I highly recommend it. Uh, please, you know, if you get the chance, check it out. McConaughey's great. Paxton's great. Mm-hmm. Powers Booth is great. So there you go. You know, I think there are like definitely, and we've talked about this last year around Halloween time, where there's different sort of sub-genres of uh, horror films. But one thing that we didn't really talk about a lot, and one I think that is the the creepiest, or one of the creepiest, is like religious zealots. Oh yeah, because you they're unhinged. You just don't know, mm-hmm. and there's no sort of like um, equilibrium that you can find within their character. Yeah. So yeah, th- that's a good pick. I can't wait to actually. I'm gonna watch that because I I obviously remember it coming out. I didn't know what it was about, and then it kind of just disappeared because yeah. after it came out, then of course we were all waiting for the documentaries around 9/11 to come out and the Robert De Niro thing. And yep, yep, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it kind of got lost in the shuffle, but it really didn't deserve to be. Yeah, Bill Paxton. Oh, he's so good. Yeah, I miss it. I miss Bill Paxton. Yeah, things. I really do. He was awesome. Twister. Yeah. Uh, any case, <laughs> let's go to my pick. So my pick is, I wouldn't say necessarily not that well known, but it wasn't necessarily that wonderful either. And it didn't really gain, I guess, too much uh, notoriety. Um, it, it was a kind of a blip, right? Happened and then people forgot about it. Um, but it is 2007's Atonement. Um, it was directed by Joe Wright, who, if you if that sounds familiar, you would know him from the newer Pride and Prejudice with Kieran Knightley mm-hmm. um, and a Karenina also with Kieran Knightley. Uh, those two stories definitely on opposite ends of the spectrum. Yes, I would say <laughs> and so. And Karenina might actually have fit very well in our, our episode today, but I didn't <laughs> go there. Um, uh, it stars uh, Keira Knightley, James McAvoy, oh, and Benedict Cumberbatch, Ooh. which we know I love Benedict Cumberbatch. He's my fave. Yes, and the it's restraining orders name. keep coming in. Yeah, they do. I am eventually going to get a house bracelet, I think, but mm. yeah, we'll see. Um, okay, so how would I describe this? <sighs> Let's say it's a, quote, modern, unquote, Romeo and Juliet-esque film. I can hear the air quotes. <laughs> Set in World War II era. Um, so you have the two young lovers who are beyond infatuated with each other. They are just besotted with each other. Um, they do come from different backgrounds, which is always that thing, especially, you know, years ago where status was just... Usually, a lot of a lot of the times, a hindrance for couples. I mean, if you didn't have a certain title or wealth or whatever, you know, you couldn't mingle with other people. There was definitely a class structure that's more observed uh, then than it is today, I suppose. Um, we have the three main characters. Uh, we've got Bryony. She's a young girl. She's inquisitive. She's like the Judy Bloom of her world. Uh, we've got Cecilia, who's a uh, her sister, and she's you know. Um, tall, elegant, she's witty, she's everyone's dream fantasy. And then we've got Robbie. He's not so wealthy, and he's kind of from the other side of the tracks, but of course Cecilia and Robbie fall in love. Um, Bryony comes into play because she's inquisitive, and she kind of gets involved in things without, maybe not maliciously, but like always has to know something. 
So what she believes she ends up viewing is some sort of altercation between Cecilia and Robbie. Ah. And, you know, it's one of those things where, like, what you see, her perception was just so incorrect. But that was what people mm. trusted because, you know, you would trust the word of an upper-class woman sure. versus, like, someone else. You ought to call the police. You saw him? Yes, I saw him. <laughs> I know it was him. You know it was him? Or you saw him? Yes, I saw him. I saw him with my own eyes. I would believe everything Bionet tells you. I love you. Come back. Come back to me. So then these two lovers are separated by uh, World War II, right? So World War II happens, um, and, you know, many, 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 many families and couples are separated. And the movie kind of goes back and forth and, and does flashbacks and also, like... Um, what it's not a flashback what's a what's a, a vision into the future a flash front a flash forward Fla there, you go. there you go i can't even believe i couldn't think of that <laughs> flash forwards um and you know eventually you see them um come together and and live a happily life you know life after after years of toil and not being together and they finally get that dream that they wanted Except it didn't actually happen that way. Ooh. It's all a fanciful story that was then written down by Bryony, who ended up being a uh, very famous authoress. Ah. Um, and she fabricated the whole thing. Wow. So the atonement part comes in the form of an apology from Bryony to her sister and to Robbie in in this book. Um, you know, they never really got to get back together. And it was a lot of it was based on what Bryony told her parents and told the authorities that, you know, something may have happened. And, um, you know, I think Robbie dies at dunkirk um oh. yeah and and cecilia dies during the blitz so like they wow. just yeah it's it's really not even just sad it's like horrific um because you believed the ending where they were together because you believe love's gonna carry you over and they're they're always gonna you know it's gonna carry them through the the mm. hardest time in the world which uh, is during the war like the english patient oh good movie i didn't think of that damn it <laughs> <laughs> uh anyways um so yeah, it's it's it was one of those things where I watched the end of it and I was like, damn, that is just not fair. Mm. Like I was really mad at Bryony over <laughs> it. Um, so, you know, I hope I didn't spoil it too much, but there's definitely other factors that you have to that you have to that play, play into the whole thing that almost shocked me when I first watched it um, years ago. But um, yeah, it's it was not fun it was sad and i was upset that that it didn't end the way that i thought it was going to mm. and it seemed like one of those typical romantic wartime movies where the war hero always gets his girl and they come back together yep, and everything's yep. wonderful it just didn't happen like that and i was left thinking like well this is depressing on a whole new level um <laughs> <laughs> but apparently imdb gives a 7.8 rotten tomatoes gives it an 83 which is a little bit higher than i expected but i'm gonna give it a 7.5 because um yeah it wasn't a bad movie it was not wonderful but that's the whole point of this this topic yeah that's you know? true um so you can get it on stars slash amazon or even the at&t app so at&t has their own streaming for their own web services and you can actually find it on there now what's cool about that is that you know that stars and amazon have partnered oh. so if you pay a certain i think it's 7.99 a month or something like that you can have both stars limited service and limited amazon service um you can do the same thing with stars and hulu and you can also lump in your spotify with that so like 
basically what I'm getting at is check it out. There's always different options out there. You don't have to just buy separate streaming services. A lot of times they will offer you packages, which if you're looking to save money like I do, that's the way to go. Hmm. You can rent it on $2.99 for, on Redbox. Redbox is cool because... Redbox? I've heard have, that in a while. You know, they had those giant red boxes which always charged you silly fees. Because remember it was advertised like, for like a dollar? Yeah. And then it never ended up being a dollar. Hmm. And now... You can just use their app. But, um, hey, I'm glad they came into the streaming world. It was about time. You can also buy it for $9.99 on Apple, Amazon, Google Play, YouTube. But I would say <clears throat> this movie was it was effectual in that it wanted to make you think one thing, and then you, you, you found out that it was another thing. It was ineffectual at making me like the movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I don't think I liked it. I just thought it was appropriate for this topic. All right, then. Okay. And I'm really hoping that we don't get Russell Stover's for Valentine's Gifts. Oh, that's talk about depressing. It's not even real chocolate. No, it's not. It's like some kind of wax. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm, Please. (laughs) Anyways. That's horrifying. You can go next. Thank you for that most depressing entry. (laughs) Usually that's not my shtick either. I know. This must have been hard for you. (laughs) Yeah, I would say. That's okay. Yeah. We'll we'll, we'll get through it together. All right, so my second pick is one of the most influential films of its time. Mm. Now, I am a, a, a big sort of Hollywood history buff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this one, this film is actually um, kind of a, a touchstone in, in Hollywood history, and I'm talking about Easy Rider. Hmm. So by the end of the 1960s, America had undergone a profound change in its culture, Civil rights movement, the Vietnam yeah. War, and the yeah. aftermath of the assassinations of Martin Luther King Jr. and two Kennedys oh, all contributed. Yeah. yeah, they all contributed to a huge shift in how Americans saw themselves and each other. Everything seemed to be changing radically. Music, clothing, art, literature, and that also includes Hollywood. So for decades, the way movies were made was pretty straightforward. A studio would hire a writer and a director to make a movie with actors who were under contract. Very simple. But in the 60s, that system was beginning to change. The independent film made without the backing of a major studio was emerging. Now, in these films, the director was the driving force behind the production, not the studio. It was called, uh, you know, sort of the, the, the auteur. Um, now, Easy Rider was one of the most successful of these new independent films. Now, starring Peter Fonda and Dennis Hopper, who also directed the film, mm. uh, Easy, Riser, Easy Rider is about two freewheeling, drug-smuggling motorcyclists, right. as you, like you do, uh, Wyatt and Billy, who are riding cross-country with a stash of money they got from a drug deal. Once again, like you do. Uh, along the way, they see an America in the midst of its changing cultural landscape. The pair run afoul of the law. They wind up in a New Mexico jail with a young lawyer named George, who's played by a very young Jack Nicholson. Uh, he helps them get out of jail, and Wyatt and Billy introduce George to marijuana. They're scared, man. Oh, they're not scared of you. They're scared of what you represent to them. Amen. Oh, we represent to them, man, as somebody who needs a haircut. Oh, no. What you represent to them is freedom. What the hell's wrong with freedom, man? That's what it's all about. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's what it's all about, all right. But talking about it and being it, that's two different things. 
I mean, it's real hard to be free when you are bought and sold in the marketplace. Now, it's after this part in the movie that things start to go off the rails. The pair are trying to find the real America, but they find a lot more than they bargained for. The film itself looks amazing, and it really captures the wide-open spaces of the country. Now, amazingly, there was very little scripted dialogue, and most of the actors ad-lib their lines. Uh, The performances here are terrific, um, especially Jack Nicholson, as he plays this kind of square ACLU lawyer uh, who learns quite a bit about the counterculture from talking to Billy and Wyatt. Not that it does him any good, as if you watch the movie, you'll know what I mean. Uh, But Easy Rider really does capture the cultural upheaval at that time in American history. Uh, The optimism of the hippie movement, free love and all that had given way to the darker side of the counterculture. In many ways, Easy Rider signaled the death of the promised hippie revolution. Uh, It was the same year, 1969, as the Manson family killings. There was a murder by the Hells Angels at a Rolling Stones concert. There was the escalation of the war in Vietnam and the return of the draft. All Mm. happened that year. So Easy Rider, to me, isn't just a movie with an unhappy ending. Um, It represents kind of an entire decade Mm. with an unhappy ending. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, it's... it doesn't look like it, it, may, it would make a sort of a profound statement, but it does. Right. Uh, and it, it's a great time capsule because it, if, you, if you look at a lot of films that are representative of their time, so to speak, you know, you would see, you know, just to give an example, it's a movie that, uh, a movie that was made in the 1980s, like some kind of like... Batman. Uh, well, maybe not Batman. It's not a good <laughs> example. But... You think to yourself, oh, that's what that's what things must have been like in the in the eighties. Right. No, not really, because it's an exaggerated version of, you know, life in that time. Mm-hmm. Like if you're watching, uh, like, uh, like Angel's fast time, Ashes. yeah. Well, oh man, <laughs> that's representative of depression. Yeah, uh, like Fast Times at Ridgemont High or some eighties movie like that. It wasn't really like that. It's kind right. of an exaggerated version. But here in Easy Rider, you get the sense that, yeah, this is this is how things were. Mm. This is what it felt like to be in the midst of this kind of cultural revolution. Right. Uh, and the fact that they were realizing at that time that that revolution was dying on the vine. Right. So, yeah, so that's why I think Easy Rider is 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 such a great movie, but also a great representation. Right. Uh, a great time capsule of the movie as well. All right, so let's get to the scores, yep. shall we? Easy Rider gets a 7.3 mm-hmm. out of 10 on okay. the Internet Movie Database and 88% Ooh. on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Uh, if you want to view this, you can find it for rental for $2.99 on Amazon Prime Video and Vudu. Or, or if you're cheap, you can watch it for free on Sony's Crackle, oh, Crackle. streaming app. I didn't know Sony took that over. Yeah, Sony's Crackle app. And it sounds like a candy bar, I know. But there's some good stuff on there. Hey, <laughs> Can't let's say open much Crackle. For the, for the Crackle bar, though. Uh, mm. uh, that is like one of the worst names yeah, it really for is. a... You know, streaming service. It's like, like, oh, let, let's call it Plots. <laughs> plots. Do you have the Plots app? Oh, or yeah. Frump. 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 Oh, I love watching Directorial Frump. edit. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's kind of nuts. So, you know, as someone who grew up or was in college in the 60s, as like yourself. Uh, no. <laughs> 
in all seriousness, were were you alive in '69? Uh, barely. Barely. Okay. So, okay. Some. All right. So I guess my question is. When you say that it was like that, or it was like a more accurate representation, what can you kind of equate that to, to something like my generation would be like, oh yeah, that movie was so, you know, was so representative of our culture at that point. Uh, let's see. Cause so, I'm having a hard time thinking of something that I'm like, yeah, that was absolutely the way it was for us. I mean, cause the only thing I have is Twilight and Harry Potter. Okay. Not exactly accurate representations <laughs> of the time. Uh, what would you consider to be sort of your, the, the, the sort of years where you think you would like, oh, okay. find something like that. Well, I mean, I was born in late 80s, so I don't think I caught much of the... I wasn't like an 80s baby, I don't think, because I don't remember much of it and I don't identify with it. So it was definitely 90s, you know, like Lisa Frank, Dunkaroos. That was kind of my thing. So we had Space Jam. So it's hard to tell, you know? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> once again, <laughs> that's a little tricky. Yeah, it is. It really is. But what I think is great about your your pick is that you know, it, it, how does a director use the, um, surrounding, you know, I guess culture and, and everything to make sure that it is representative of that time. And it doesn't lose that, that what's that word that like. Verisimilitude. Oh, okay. We can do that word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to yeah. say like that, that realness, but that okay. works too. Sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think I broke something saying it. Yeah. But uh for you know, for the nineties, you know, any I think of the any of the Richard Linklater films like uh, Slacker hmm. um is not is not entirely out of the realm. Um so you know the nineties the nineties was a very interesting time for movies because you had like the, the the mega blockbuster and then you had a lot of independent movies. Mm. You had people like Kevin mm. Smith. And Clark's coming around. Mm -hmm. uh, is, this was uh, sort of when Tarantino came around. Uh, things like that. So I just can't really think difficult. of a movie. Yeah, I can't think of a movie that's yeah. representative of at least that's so representative with realism behind it of, of, of a specific generation that would be applicable to me. You ever see it's the movie Kids? No. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, why does the name Easy Rider make me think of the Eagles? Uh, you mean like the band? Yeah. You got a peaceful, easy feeling. Is that uh, uh, maybe. one of the songs? Yeah. I don't know, but it just—I was always thinking was about the Eagles. Oh, Hotel California. Yeah, that that song scared me as a kid. Yeah, <laughs> I used to have a reoccurring dream that um, I was in high school and they were performing on stage, and they all of a sudden their guitar broke, and they needed someone to play guitar, and they called out to the audience, and I raised my hand very meekly, and then they put the guitar around me, and I pretended like I didn't know how to play guitar, and then I just came out with that riff, <laughs> the entire solo. It was a reoccurring dream for wow. about 20 years. <laughs> That's oddly specific. <laughs> it took place in my old high school. It, uh, so crazy. Okay. Oh, and here's another question for you. The Warriors. Fantastic oh, yes. movie, right? Yes. Would you consider that the same type of deal? No. Not so. That's highly stylized. That's highly stylized. I mean, uh, okay. you know, you didn't okay. see uh, gangs walking around wearing baseball. You know, uh, uniforms yeah. <laughs> and carrying ba and carrying bats and like. But they did know. have vests. Yeah, that's you know, although th that was more of a, um, I would say. The warriors were good. The, yeah, the warriors were good, but the the, the whole vest. vest, you know, you're talking kind of you're getting into village people territory with that thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it did you definitely know. look that. I I will say that you know. Uh, New York City in the 80s mm -hmm. was definitely a cesspool. 
<laughs> I because yeah, you know I had been there and uh, seen some of that stuff, um, and then of course you know they Disneyfied it. Yeah, which I don't know if that yeah. even makes it better, but because now you got like uh, the naked cowboy, naked singing cowboy, and like oh, Elmo yeah. hanging around there begging for money. Um, but you know, yeah, it, that was a. I do have a weird story about New York in the eighties. Uh, I was. Uh, Staying, I was with a, a group of, uh, like a, a performing troupe that I was in at the time. Yeah, I know, that's a whole other story. But anyway, <laughs> let's not get into that. But yeah. I was there. Yeah, you were there. And we were staying at this uh, hotel near Times Square. And I remember uh, one night, uh, me and a couple of my friends were like, oh, let's, go, let's go to the movies, let's go see something. And right across the street from our hotel was, in Times Square, was this theater that was playing uh, Clue had just come out. Nice. Yeah. And this was, uh, I don't know if you know anything about the theatrical release of Clue, but you know how there's multiple endings? Yeah, yeah. They would put mul- they would put each ending into a different theater. So oh. you, like, you would see either ending A, B, or C. That's cool. And you could choose which ending you wanted. And this was a, a, a thing to try to get people to see it three times. It didn't work. Most people yeah. didn't see it once when it came out in theaters. Shame. Uh, it's a fun it game. It is a shame. It was, it's fun. So we were like, yeah, let's go see Clue. So we go to this theater in Times Square. And, oh, my. I <laughs> We were freaked out. Really? Because, I mean, first of all, there's, like, just random people sitting, like, single individuals sitting uh, in different places and you don't know if they're alive or dead oh, you don't man. know what they're doing oh you don't know if they're just trying to get in from the cold because it was december uh and and then you know the theater itself was like kind of crumbling a little bit a lot of the seats were broken oh. no, no, <laughs> and no. you know we were just like looking at each other like are we going to make it out of here alive is that going yeah. to happen uh that and then uh, as, as a side note, we went next door to this big McDonald's hmm. and promptly, as, as soon as we walked in, we saw uh, some guy basically vomit on the cashier. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. So that was one of my great New York experiences. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm so glad we didn't live in New York. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, I like visiting it now. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. You know, but Horrible then it sports was teams, but yeah. super scary. Um, so we got off a little bit of a tangent, but yeah. we did, didn't we? <laughs> All right. So let's recap, shall we? <laughs> let's recap. My first and only choice was the 2007 movie Atonement, uh, which starred James McAvoy, Kira Knightley, and it was unhappy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> unhappy. Yeah. So uh, my two picks, um, first one was Frailty. Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton, Matthew McConaughey. Uh, fantastic movie, mm-hmm. got lost in the shuffle, check it out, mm-hmm. very, uh, very intense. Um, the next one, Easy Rider, which is really, uh, it's it's a good movie, but it's also a real, uh, you know, cultural awakening if you're not familiar with that time period. Right. Uh, you know, the late 60s, um, you know, we, we think that every era that we grow up in, there's all, there's like controversy, upheaval, right. things like that. Yeah, that was really... That was really big in the 60s. Uh, so, yeah. So, Frailty and Easy Rider, those are my Sweet. Picks. Yeah. So, we've got another deep dive microcast Ooh. coming at you. So, you got G, you got PG, you got R. What do these letters have in common? Also, isn't there like an M now? M, Night, Shamp, what? Shamamala? No. Yeah, no that's not a thing. That's not Is a thing. Is there a T? There are T. This is not Wheel of Fortune. Oh, okay. But I would like to buy a vowel. 
no, I'm talking about movie ratings. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so who rates movies and where did these ratings come from? The MPAA. And what? No, that's motion basketball. Picture, motion picture. The, the NCAA, America. is that what you? That's not what I, oh, rest in peace, Kobe. That's uh, not what I said, though. <laughs> the, isn't it called the MPAA, the Motion Picture Association of America? Interesting fact. Yeah. Indeed, it was called the Motion Picture Association of America. However, yeah. just recently, they changed the name to just the Motion Picture Association because it is an international body now. Oh, okay. I guess that makes sense. So they change it. it is now, if you look at the trailers, because they always have that thing before the trailer of a right. movie. You know, uh, this trailer was approved by the Motion Picture Association. Yeah. Now it's just MPA instead of MPAA. Oh. So there you go. Okay. Fun yeah, fact that it, you'll though? never use. That's what we're going to Oh. Yes. We're going to deep dive on that? We're going to deep dive on that. That is going to be next time on the Deep Dive Microcast. We, you should really check out our microcast because they're fun, they're short, and they're like, you know, intermediary things to keep you going in between our somewhat longer and maybe um, uh, not as concise episodes like the one that you're listening to right now. Mm, exactly. <laughs> yes. I love the microcast. You had a fantastic one recently about the new NBC app that's coming out. Yes. Peacock. Peacock. I mean, to be, couldn't they look think of a better name? I mean, I'm just saying. It, it, yeah, but, you know, it does tie into <sighs> yeah, classic know, NBC and all that. I yeah. mean, you know, I think if uh, if, uh, if Comcast had a had a mascot, it would be like a, 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 broken, a, broken, call, <laughs> a broken call center employee. <laughs> a broken router. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Oh man, I'm sorry, Comcast. I know I pay for yeah. your Oh look, it's the cable guy. Yeah. Oh hey, they already did that. Oh yes. That's yeah. Me. That's. <laughs> okay. But yeah, we've got microcasts. We also have a website. You can oh, check yes. us out at thedeepdivepodcast.com. There you will find links to our social medias, our Facebook, Twitter, our Instagram. You can also find our email, which is thedeepdivepodcast at gmail.com. We would love, love, love to hear from you. So if you want to send us comments, suggestions for future episodes, hate no, no, not hate mail. No. Um, uh, feedback, only the positive yes. stuff. Yes. <laughs> no, fragile. Seriously. We're very fragile people uh, yeah we're Oil. frail we oh see that I, I tied it into the episode wow yeah anyways you can check us out Oil. there we would love to hear from you and guess what we also have a merch store if you decide you want to buy your loved one a t-shirt for valentine's day which is probably not a great idea but if you want to yeah i don't know about that but <laughs> hey. you can buy one of our t-shirts and they will cover your body yes and if you need something to wipe down your car with uh, they also make uh, great like wash rags and mm -hmm, towels, mm -hmm. perhaps a little on the expensive side for, for that kind of thing. But hey, you know, you would be helping us out. And isn't that really more important? I mean, really? Yeah. I think so. <laughs> you know? Uh, so check us out. Go to our website. Mm -hmm. You'll, you know, you'll also find our social security numbers, home addresses, <laughs> no, uh, income. But you um, will find links to our Podbean. Thank you so much to Podbean you, for Podbean. hosting us. We hit recently over 5,000 downloads. Woo thank you so much to everyone who's been along with us and uh, kind of kept listening from all over the world because we found out we have a lot of people in the Netherlands who listen to us. That's, yeah. So awesome. We would like to know why. <laughs> I mean, not that we're complaining. We're not. Like, but just how? But Yeah. <laughs> this is kind of, you know, I'm curious. Uh, 
I hope you get something good out of this because, you know, uh, that's amazing to us. It really is. And so thank you. Thank you so much to everybody who follows on us on our Instagram and our social medias. We love interacting with you. And, you know, you know, we'll be coming up with another episode soon. Indeed. But if you want to get in there and kind of, you know, make a suggestion, we'll certainly take that to heart. Maybe probably not. And then, we'll, yeah. yeah, you know, and there's then we'll always talk a about chance. It. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but reach out. We want to talk to you. Exactly. So for the amazing Amanda and all of us here in Studio D. I'm Tom Feeney, and we will see you next time. See ya. You can find links to our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram feeds on our website, thedeepdivepodcast.com. If you like us, please subscribe. All clips are intended for educational use only and not to infringe on existing copyrights. Our theme music was produced by Ryan Blaney and EchoCraft. Thanks for listening. Deep Dive Podcast is a production of Automaton Media.